step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. There is a candle in every soul. You're listening to Lit Speak with Some Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Some dark and there is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes his morning and welcome. Here we praise the truth in God's creation through the ideas inspired by human imagination. During this hour, we hope to ignite your candle that you may use it to brighten the darkest corners in your world. Morning! We're so glad that you have joined us right here in La Junta, Colorado on Lit Speak right here on Blog Talk Radio. It's a beautiful day in La Junta. Well, Derek, I... you and I will have a very strong disagreement about that fact because <laughs> let me tell you what, I went for a walk yesterday. I went for my usual three-mile walk. I saw that on And Facebook. when I got back, the fact that my t-shirt was soaking wet because it was 70 some degrees out there i said wait a minute is this not january in colorado i saw that you thought you were going to die right i am totally disoriented something is wrong here i should have been out there in a sweatshirt and a pair of gloves and a jacket it's it's, crazy it's probably because you're from the east coast and you're 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 mourning with or 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 maybe gotten to the excitement of all that's going out on the east coast Uh with all the snow because i know how you like snow yes yes i i really feel for those people that are suffering through this storm but oh how i wish i could be there saw that yesterday (laughs) fantastic welcome to lit speak and this morning we encourage you to listen for an idea that will inspire you to tap into your imagination are you a retired empty nester who wonders what the rest of your life holds in store If you're not there yet, you will find yourself facing that season of your life someday. Is it feasible to expect to accomplish great things after age 40, 50, 60, or beyond? If any of these questions have come to your mind, you'll want to stay right here on Lit Speak and listen to our next guest, Kathy Ide. Excuse me. <laughs> oh goodness, Kathy! Kathy turned a stumbling block in her career into a building block to a whole new life. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, Kathy. And and I can little... relate to your to your comments about the weather. We had a lot of rain yesterday. I'm on the west coast, the good coast. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, now. <laughs> Yeah, Kathy, I'm curious to know what part of California do you live in? Are you in the northern part of the state or the southern part of the state or in between? I am southern. I'm 10 minutes from Disneyland. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. You're close to the area that I am vaguely familiar with because I have an uncle who lives out there in San Diego. Oh, yeah. That's that's even more south than I am. Okay. Well, he's actually in a suburb, I guess, called Poway. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's beautiful down there. Yes, it's been many years since I've been out there, but I have had the opportunity to be out there twice. Well, if you like snow, as you said, this is not the place to be. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't think you'd like it very much out there, Pat. I I will tell you a funny story real quick, Kathy. I, I went out there when I was 16 to visit my aunt and uncle, and they had six kids. And it was just a circus because I had come from a home with just my sister and I, just the two of us, and it was crazy. But anyway, what I wanted to tell you is that it started raining, and these kids, I mean, they ran to the window and pressed their noses against the glass. Oh, sure. 
was absolutely <laughs> enthralled because rain is something that just doesn't happen. It was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the first snowfall of the year, right? Yeah. There you go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Kathy, from my understanding, you had been working in your job for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You were raising a family. And all of a sudden, one day, you realized that you were without a job. Is that about how things happened for you? Well, um, I I realized it about the time it happened. It was very sudden. (laughs) Um, Like, don't bother to come back to work Monday morning thing? (laughs) Uh, Yes, actually. Um, I'd I'd been working for a, as a secretary administrative assistant uh, since I was 17, and uh, at, at 40, I, I got some additional training to add graphic design to my repertoire. I uh, was very happy working in offices. Um, and at about 45, uh, I developed tendonitis in both wrists, both thumbs, both forefingers, and my right shoulder. Not all at once, but gradually they just kept adding up. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, maybe this will be how I get promoted to manager because, you know, managers don't do as much typing. And, you know, I can, I can let other people do the typing for me. Uh, but instead I was told, nope, go home. You can't do this job anymore and don't come back until you're healed. Oh, my, oh my goodness. goodness. Wow. <clears throat> and so uh, I, I that had quite an impact on your family. I'm sure that that income was something you were going to be missing Oh, absolutely. I, I needed that income. As a matter of fact, this happened just three months after we bought our first house here in Southern California oh, uh, wow. based on that 30-year career. Panic time, huh? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, they, they sent me to uh, physical therapy, and, and I did some research on my own as well to figure out, you know, what do I do about this tendonitis thing? Uh, and uh, I, you know, got a workers' comp coordinator who got me a voice recognition software program, and and you know, helped me try to figure out what in the world I could do next. Mm. And your decision was? Well, my husband was very instrumental in that decision. <laughs> uh, he finally came up to me and he said, "You know, maybe this is an opportunity for you to do something completely different." What would you do for a living if you could do anything? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, without any hesitation, I said, you know, I would love to write. I, I had just started uh, doing some writing on a novel. I'd, I'd attended a couple of Christian writers' conferences. Uh, I joined a little Christian writers' critique group, and I said, I just, I love this. I love, I love writing. It's, it's just fun. But I know just enough about writing to know that there's no way I'm going to make the kind of money I was making on my day job. (laughs) We're going to lose the house if I try to do that for a living. Well, bless his heart, the next question was, well, what would your second choice be? You know, he didn't just give up there. He said, you know, okay, if that doesn't work, you know, what else? And I said, well, um, you know, I really love what I do in my writer's critique group. Um, basically, you know, they give me their manuscripts and I give them mine, and, and we all kind of help each other figure out how to make it better. And he said, why don't you see if you can turn that into a career? So I went to my workers' comp coordinator and I said, I, I have an idea. What do you think about my being an editor? And she said, well, do you have a degree in creative writing or journalism or anything like that? And I said, well, I did go to the University of Minnesota for a hockey game once. (laughs) (laughs) I should qualify you right there. I stayed at a Holiday Inn. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know, she didn't laugh. Uh, She basically kind of patted me on the head and said, I'm sorry, but that's just impossible. (laughs) And when I heard her say impossible, I almost audibly heard God say, you know, that's my specialty. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And so I just said, okay, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to pursue. So I did. Mm. <clears throat> wow. That, I, I, I like that because it, one of my favorite authors is Andy Andrews, and I, he, he says something or 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 uses this advice, gives this advice a lot, and, and what Kathy was talking about is is true, is the idea when you get to a, a point in your life when when you ask that question, 
what am I going to do now, almost in a panic mode. And he, mm-hmm. he always challenges people when they say that and ask them this question. What if you did know what to do? <laughs> what would you do? Yeah. And it, 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 it really phrases the question to make you think, what would I what would I want to do? And it, it sounds, Kathy, like that's that's what you had to do was struggle with. What What is it that I really want to do? And uh, I guess one of my questions would be, and if it's okay, Pat, I don't want to. Sure, go okay. ahead. <laughs> was there, Kathy, when when you were going through that process of of answering your husband's question, was there any thought of, uh, I wonder what God wants me to do? Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it was really, you know, it, you you tend to get stuck in what you've always done. You know, mm-hmm. and and I had this was my identity. It was what I did for a living, and and at the time I thought I love what I do for a job. You know, this is fun. I enjoy it. Um, but then this really gave me an opportunity to reevaluate and say, okay, but is this really what I want to continue doing, mm-hmm. or might God have something different for me at this juncture? Um, one thing that that I've kind of come to twist around similar to what you were saying is that when something happens that doesn't make sense to me and I think oh you know why is this happening why God why are you doing this instead to just kind of ask the same question but with a little different perspective and say hmm I wonder why God's doing this mm-hmm. what is he teaching me here what yeah. is he preparing exactly. me for yeah. yeah what might he be changing about my life that is going to end up being better but right now I just can't see it yeah I know for myself, Kathy, I worked in nursing for, gee, what, 30-some years? I I worked with the Veterans Administration for 20, anyway, 25. And there we had, of course, government policies that we had to follow. Mm -hmm. But then when when our VA closed here and I retired and went to uh, work for a smaller institution called the Colorado Boys Ranch, it was a residential child care psychiatric facility, and there I kind of had more leeway to use my writing skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. this policy hasn't been rewritten for 20 years. Right. Let's update it. Let's, let's update it. Let's upgrade it. And, mm-hmm. oh, gee, I could make this flow sheet and, and these kind of things. So <clears throat> I think that's part of what led me into into the whole writing thing, although I had been kind of playing around with writing since I was a kid. How about you, Kathy? Did you have any interest oh. in writing when you were young? Oh yeah, um, from okay. from a very early, you know, I was I was one of those uh, little kids who, you know, mom says it's time to turn out the lights, and I'm under the covers with a flashlight reading Black Beauty, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and and then uh, as as a young gal, um, oh probably junior high or earlier, um, I was writing stories. I, my parents had a, um, a train set downstairs, you know, with the whole mountains and the little cities and oh, stuff. Mm-hmm. I wrote a whole yeah. story around that train set. You know, this family on mm-hmm. this side of the tracks, that family on that side of the tracks. Oh, that is that is neat. That is neat. All I can remember when I was young, I was writing a, I was in high school, I was writing a novel and I think it was to impress my English teacher because I had a crush on him. <laughs> I never finished the novel, but I sure had fun bringing him in the next chapter every week, you know, or every oh, sure. month, or however often I would do it. I mean, I thought that was just too... But I, even even at my age, Kathy, I'm kind of redefining what I'm doing because I think the dream for all of us writers is to <clears throat> actually have a book out there someday. Uh-huh. And well, I I'm actually, quite a ways away from that. <laughs> but I have realized that what I really enjoy doing is being an encourager to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> So yes. Oh, absolutely. Part of the reason I I yeah. approached Derek mm-hmm. here with this blog talk radio idea because I think it's a it's just really exciting to promote other people and to yes see other people do well. well. And I'm praying that maybe along with that God will lead me into mm-hmm. my own writing mm-hmm. one of these days. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I started going to to writers conferences several years ago and and really thought, okay, you know, this, this is 
this is something that God is leading me into, you know, and, and I've got this novel idea that I just know came from the Lord, and I've been working on it and learning all the writing techniques and how to do fiction well and, and going to writers' conferences and, and learning and doing my critique group. And, um, and then when I lost my day job and, and I had to do something else for a living um, and I started editing, you know what? I found out that I really enjoyed editing even more than writing. I love editing too, mm. yes. Because, because as you said, it's very much about, oh, here's what's working really well. Here's what you should keep and, mm-hmm. and, and keep working on. But here's an area that you might want to, you know, consider doing something different with. And, and here's, you know, a little thing that, you know, you may not think makes any difference. It's just a comma. It's just, you know, semicolon. But it could change the meaning of the sentence. So, you know, let, let's, you know, let's make sure that the commas are in the right place and the words are spelled right and, and those kind of things. And I just, you know, I never have published that novel. <laughs> but God yeah. I've got three of them sitting on my computer that aren't done yet, so <laughs> yeah. I know where you are. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that Kathy was, uh, as as she's talking about that, even uh, you know, going to critique classes and doing all those things, it, it's so encouraging as you look back on the other side to see yes. that God is really prepared, was preparing us. us. Sure he does. Absolutely, Um, because I I needed to learn how to write in order to be a good editor, but God didn't say, I want you to be an editor, go learn how to edit. You know, right. he, he knew that I needed to learn how to write so that not only would I have the skills to edit, but also I would know what it felt like to be on the other side of that edit. Exactly. And I would always, <clears throat> I always think to myself, it would, it, wouldn't it be fantastic if we could really see that and appreciate it on on the right side, instead of looking back and saying, "Oh, look what God has done," uh, and look how He was preparing me. Wouldn't it be so great if, if like Kathy was saying earlier, and you were talking about Pat, if we could in the moment say, "I know that God is preparing me yes. for something that's coming." There's there's a total difference of of looking at it that that really uh, uh, makes a difference. So. Well, Kathy, I want to what... get more into the into the proofreading and editing later, but I do sure. have another question for you before we okay. leave the topic we were on. What kind of obstacles did you encounter, or did you encounter any, on your journey to establish yourself as a reputable editor and and to establish the business that you have, which, of course, we'll also talk about here in a while? Well, I, I think you always run into obstacles of some kind, um, and... Uh, you know, it, it definitely for me. I mean, anytime you redefine yourself and you start something new as a new career, um, there's going to be that transition period. <clears throat> I, I certainly didn't go immediately from oh, I think I'm going to start an editing business to having enough money to pay that mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, you know, we had to tighten our belts. Um, and fortunately, you know, I have a husband who has a day job and also is very supportive, and so he was able to. Um, to pay the the big bills, you know, on just his income for a while uh, as as I began to get established. But um, the Lord, again, put something in my path. Um, I happened to know a gal from my church who ran a manuscript critique um, service. And so I went to her and I said, you know, I'm kind of thinking about getting into this business. Um, Do you have any suggestions for what I can do? And she handed me a manuscript that had come in and said, here you go. And I said, wait, 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 I don't know what to do. (laughs) I I just came asking what I was supposed to do. And she said, do the same thing you've done in your critique group. And I thought, gosh, it can't be that easy. Um, (laughs) But I I took the manuscript home and, and I did what I would have done with my critique group and and gave it to her and she handed me a check and another manuscript and I oh, thought wow. gosh hey. <laughs> really and and part of me thought okay well if it's something God wants you to do yes you know God's just going to smooth out the path um which is true to a certain extent but I realized the more I did editing that I really didn't know what I was doing when I started um and there were a lot of things that I learned along the way that I learned by trial and error um, and, and and kind of redefining the wheel because I thought, you know, surely other people have figured some of these things out before me. Um, you know, I wished I'd had some kind of like training in how to establish a freelance business and how to actually mm-hmm. do the editing and what even what the, the different um, – 
industry standard manuals were for punctuation and spelling, you know, what you know, what yes. dictionary do the publishers use, those kind of things. And so um, after I'd been uh, doing my own editing business for a while and had kind of figured out how to make it successful and, and the Lord really, really had blessed me, um, the Lord gave me the idea to start an organization for editors, for aspiring editors, for established editors, so that we could all get together and help each other. And so I, I started the Christian Pen, which is, uh, Pen is an acronym for Proofreaders and Editors Network, and uh, just invited the four or five people I knew at the time who were doing freelance editing, and they told people and they told people, and, and we started with just an email discussion loop. And the, all of a sudden, people just started coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, can I design a logo for our group? And, and can I design a website for our group? And, and it can, you know, can, can we do a newsletter? And, and you know, I'm like, um, uh, sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so that group, that started in 2004, and we ha- now have more than 600 members. Wow. And we have online courses all year long, um, numerous online courses that are taught by our members um, so that people can learn how to do it well and how to do it right and also learn what they're already doing right so that they can have that confidence to step out and, and, and get into the field themselves. And then once they do, to still have that discussion loop and that organization of uh, what I call um, cooperative competition, Yes. <laughs> um, you know, people that they can go to and say, you know, I've got this situation with a client or what have you, or, or I have a question about what the Chicago Manual says about this comma, and they can get the answers that they need. Sounds like a fantastic organization, yeah. and I need to check into it more. I need to send you, well, really, I had thought about sending you a uh, kind of an application, it sounds like, Kathy. Well, with to kind of give pen, a person an idea where where I would be at with mm-hmm. my editing skills. Sure. Well, with because the Christian I, pen, we're open to anybody who's even thinking this might be something they want to do, all the way up to people who've been doing it for years. And uh, it's kind of a professional support organization, you know, where we can just kind of exactly. all work together and, and help one another. But a few years after I started that organization, uh, one of the members came to me and said, you know, we'd really like there to be a group of just the established editors, the people who've been doing this a while, um, so that if we get a job that's not quite right for us, we can pass it on to somebody else, and that you know, a, a place where we can maybe get some jobs when we're doing, you know, anytime you freelance, there's that period of feast or famine. You know, some months oh, sure. you have more work than you possibly could do, and, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have time to breathe or eat. Uh, and then other months you're thinking, okay, got to pay the bills. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, so at that point um, I was thinking, you know, that's a good idea. We should do that. And my webmaster came to me and said, hey, I just found out that www.christianeditor.com is available. Do you want it? Ooh. Very <laughs> okay, yeah. well, see, yeah. and isn't it uh, neat I, I know the way exactly God what that kind of shows you the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and prepared it, and so um, I snatched that uh, URL up, and uh, and started what I call the Christian Editor Connection, and that's only for um, connecting authors with editors and connecting them with editors that are established Christian editors but also connecting them according to the type of editing they're looking for and the genre that they're writing in. Uh, so when editors apply to that, that's where you get a test. You know, you have to fill out an application. You have to take some tests in whatever areas of editing you're interested in right. and um, so that I know that you're somebody that I can personally recommend. And then when people go to ChristianEditor.com and fill out the form for authors seeking editors, I ask them, you know, tell me about your book, tell me what genre it is, tell me what kind of editing you're looking for, and then I match that up with the database I have of the editors uh, who specialize in those specific areas. And that way you don't have, you don't hook a new author up with somebody who says, oh, I'm an editor, and uh, you find yeah. out they can't exactly. string six words together in a, right. exactly. in a and, and sentence. Yeah. So, Yes, yeah. and and we do have people apply to the Christian Editor Connection who are newbie editors, and I just immediately say, hey, you know where it would be a great place for you to get connected is the Christian Pen, 
And so right. I send them back to the other organizations so that they can get the training that they need to be successful at this if it's something that God wants them to do. Yeah. And, you know, Pat, I was, and Kathy, from from an individual who uh, who works a lot with websites and builds websites, and everything, I can tell you for sure that if you're sitting there and, and a domain like that comes up, Grab a it. domain name that like that comes up. Grab it. That, uh, that is a sure sign from God that, that you are doing what you're supposed to do because those things are so hard to get. Yes, they and are. When, oh, and yeah. when you snag one that fits perfectly, that's that's like a lightning bolt coming down or, or, or just a burning bush. Uh, oh, that says this is the direction you must go because you got the domain name. <laughs> exactly. Well, I and you know, it was Kathy. funny because when when I told my husband, you know, I said, oh, you know, I just found out that ChristianEditor.com is available. His first thought was, oh, well, you should have that redirect to your website. <laughs> and I said, mm. No, because God's already told me about yeah. this new organization he wants to, me to start, and, you know, and I know right. that that's, that's the match for this. But it, it's funny, you know, I mean, husbands are very protective and all that, and, and so he, he, the first thing, he, his first response was, well, now, wait a minute. If you start an organization where you're giving jobs away to other people, aren't you going to lose your own business? I mean, you're already training your competition. Yes, yes. Funny. Yeah. But you know what? It, it, it's much like the whole concept of tithing. The more you give to the Lord, the more he just blesses you right back. Right. And I found that by giving away a lot of jobs that weren't really right for me in the first place anyway, but by giving those jobs away to other people, I kind of started to become – people seemed to get the impression that I was just the elite of the elite. I was the editor of all editors because I ran two editor networks. And I just thought, oh, you have no idea. All I did was God said, start a loop, and I started a loop. God said, here's ChristianEditor.com. I said, okay. But by you all know, means, I think just, that if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please do. Yes, that's, uh, I'm, I'm fine if you want to do that, but uh, just know that... <laughs> that there are equally good and even better, I'm sure, editors out there. This is just what God called me to do, and I just took the steps he told me to take. Well, I don't know if you're aware, Kathy, but the reason I, ta- I said that I was considering writing to you through your organization is that I did some editing for a couple of years with a small publishing company here in Colorado mm-hmm. and absolutely loved it. I really enjoyed it, and my specialty, more or less, was working with young people. Because I edited a magazine that was written for kids, but it was written pretty much strictly by kids. Oh, that's wonderful. I just had a blast. Oh, my goodness. I just loved it when some of these young people amazed me with their short stories. And I thought, wow, I couldn't write like that when I was 14, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And and what if I had started when I was 14? Where would I be now, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah, but... But I, I have to really think that I had to leave the company because my husband started experiencing some health problems that required sure. a lot of time and effort, and I'm just not sure that I would want to commit again to something like that. But I, I have looked at your organization, and boy, the thought has crossed my mind that maybe. <laughs> well, you should definitely pursue that, Pat, because and, we, for one thing, because we really need editors with different specialties. Um, you know, I really, I don't just say, okay, well, here's a handful of editors. I really do, you know, make sure that we go through and personally match. And if we've got somebody who says, you know, I'm a, I'm a young author, I really need somebody who knows, you know, about writing for, ch- for you know, children or, you know, whatever age group, mm-hmm. I really try to pa- to match them up with um, editors who specialize in, in the areas that they're looking for. So we could use that. And, you know, one of the fun things about what I do for a living um, and and what I'm helping other people do is you can do this as full-time or part-time as you want. Um, you know, it's not something like, you know, mm-hmm. you're embarking on, okay, this is going to be an 8 to 5, Monday to Friday. I may hate it, but I'm going to have to go to work every day and do this. Um, you try it out. You say, okay, well, I'm going to take one job, and I'll see how that goes. And if I really like it and I have the time for it, I'll take another job and see how that goes. Um, well, that's it can true. really be as full-time or part-time as you want it to be. 
so it's very hold flexible. Hold that thought, Kathy. <laughs> hold, hold that thought. We're going to break here in about one minute. All right. Before yeah. we go to break, and I know that you've got to take us to break, Derek, but what? I'm sitting here and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm giggling to myself, and I'll, I'll just say this with, with all love and due respect. <laughs> Right. What are you going to say about me? I know we got to go. I'm not going to say it about you. I'm sitting here thinking, and it really, it really is a thing of a of a, a mental picture and where you, where you are. But when I think, I mean, and here you both are just talking about the the love of editing, and and I'm a person that you know that screws up the sentence. Let's eat grandma or let's eat grandma. You know that kind uh-huh. of thing. And and the only thing I have in my head when I think of editing is my tenth grade English grammar teacher, <laughs> yeah. and going up and you know and, and and taking those sentences and breaking them down. And, oh, I love that diagram! Oh, oh yes, yes, oh, that was my favorite part of that. I'm having intestinal problems just thinking about it, and it's so. I I just think that it's interesting that uh, that that how God can inspire individuals to love. Certain things, right. and not everybody does that because yeah. we all know, if, and even if we don't realize it or not, when we've read a book, thank goodness for the editor, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we never even <laughs> think about that. So I just wanted to share that. You go ahead and take us to break <laughs> now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Lit Speak on Blog Talk Radio with author and editor Kathy Eide. We will be back in about five minutes. <laughs> Two roads diverged in a wood. And I took the one less traveled. And that has made all the difference. The road less traveled Internet Ministries. Derek and George Live. Becoming Christ-like. Salo and Hutch. All stops on the road. The road of enlightenment. The road of discovery. Join us each Thursday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Time and Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time as we invite you to join us on a journey. A journey on the road less traveled. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you watch a game, it's fun. If you play it, it's recreation. But if you work at it, golf. A golf course should aspire to generate as much energy as it consumes. And four miles north of Marion, Indiana is a golf course that does just that. 6,690 yards of pure energy. Arbor Trace Golf Club is a course that's beauty is matched only by its bite. A course that can test not only the steel of one's nerves, but the metal of their irons. It's a course for the beginner who desires to learn the game as well as the player who is ready to challenge it. So whether you're looking to play just for the fun of the game or the opportunity to work hard on it, Arbor Trace Golf Club is the course for you. Give Arbor Trace Golf Club a shot because in golf, the most important shot you ever make is the next one. Stay connected to what matters most with high-speed service from Seacomb. For the home, we offer access where you need it most. Whether you're looking for high-speed internet or an in-home voice package or both, Seacomb has your house covered. Send emails, download music, and surf the web with the fastest service in southeast Colorado. Our two-way wireless connections offer download speeds of up to 15 megabytes. But with a fiber connection, the sky is the limit. For the business, Seacom offers voice plans, broadband internet, BSL, and Ethernet circuits. Our fully integrated Metro Ethernet platform segregates your data traffic logically at the switch, avoiding the latency of multiple routers and quality of service overhead. With only a single router between you and our nationwide backbone carriers, you really will experience the Internet at the speed of light. We also offer point-to-point data links to connect all of your business locations. And if you're looking for carrier-grade data transport or dark fiber, 
Look no further than Seacom's extensive privately owned fiber network. We own and maintain our own network with more than 1,200 miles of fiber and growing throughout southeast Colorado. So whether you're looking for dark fiber, for cable, a dedicated corporate network, or carrier-grade data transport, Seacom has the answers. Visit us at Seacom.net or call us at 1-800-657-7149. Seacom, world-class communications right in your backyard. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Welcome back to this week with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello and welcome back. As always, when we return after our break, we advertise the winner of our giveaway. The giveaway. From last week. Last week we had, if you remember, we had uh, Janet K. Brown and Mm -hmm. her, she actually offered a choice of one of two books, either her devotional guide, 365 Day devotional guide for dieters, mm-hmm. or her worth her weight novel. That novel, was coming, yeah, yeah, that was coming out, and or is out, I think. It, yeah, it is out. Yeah. I've read it. Mm-hmm. And our winner, are you ready? Drum, drum roll, drum roll. <laughs> I need to, I need to put a drum roll in there. <laughs> Dixie Hutchison. Hey, mom, what? She's so excited. <laughs> it happens yeah. to be Derek's mom, but okay, listen, everybody. Now we do this by random dot org, so right. it's perfectly fair. Yeah. Yeah. It is perfectly fair. <laughs> so I just wanted to make you aware. And of that. It, so I, I just want to put. Excited. I just want to put this out here, just because I'm a. Uh, Kathy, when we do our blog talk radio show, my father is actually the producer of the show, but he's he's in Indiana and we're in Colorado, so we're Skyping and he's running the show. And every once in a while, I can see my mother uh, because he does it there at his house. I can see and she happens to be sitting in the frame right now. And when you announced her name, she just threw her hands up in the air. She's so excited. So. Wonderful. Isn't that great to know that people get so excited to win a book? Yes, they do. Yes. So in another few minutes, not yet, it's not time yet, but not in yet, another yeah. few minutes we're going to be doing another giveaway. Yeah. We'll be talking about that here yeah. in just a few minutes. But in the meantime, you are listening to Lit Speak on Blog Talk Radio with Kathy Eide, who is an author and editor, and we are discussing at this point, we're talking about editing. Kathy, are you anything like me in that when you do read a work that has been poorly edited, does it kind of drive you nuts? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. Um, you know, it's funny. Being an editor has a little bit um, ruined me for pleasure reading. Oh, oh I you know, I'm would. so glad you said yeah. that because I'm would. right there with you. Yeah. It is so mm-hmm. much harder for me to find a book that I can just relax and enjoy because I just can't help but edit it. And uh, even, you know, professionally published books, although less so um, than a lot of the self-published books these days. And that's not 100% true. Um, You know, there are plenty of traditionally, commercially, you know, professionally published books that um, have errors. But there are also some, every once in a while you'll find a gem, uh, some self-published books that have been really done well, not just written well, but edited well. And um, it's just, it's such a delight when I finally come across a book that I can just relax and enjoy and get into instead of having to nitpick just because that's what I naturally do. Yeah, I tell you what. And I think that's part of the reason I have not succeeded yet as a novelist because Mm -hmm. every single time, uh, my internal editor, I cannot shut it off. Mm -hmm. It's terrible. I have written chapter 1 through 20. 500 times. Yeah. 
I, well, and and, I, know and I tried to do the National Novel Writing Month, which of course is kind of a just mm-hmm. write for fifty thousand words in thirty days and. Don't worry about what you've written. Just get those yep. words down on paper. And as much as I have tried, it does not work well for me at all. Well, and and that's that's not surprising because um, you know basically you know people are you know a lot most people are very heavily right-brained or very heavily left-brained. You know, yes. very few people are equally both. And it's the mm-hmm. right-brained people who can just sit down to a blank piece of paper or a blank screen and just start writing without really thinking of it, you know, just right by the seat of their pants. Um, but then those of us who are very heavily left-brained, um, that's just tough to do. We just can't let that internal editor completely be silenced so that we can just write anything, um, even if we know it's garbage and we'll fix it later. Um, that internal editor is really hard to, you know, put a, you know, a mask over his mouth and just say, okay, sh- Stop exactly. it, shut up, yeah. I'll get to you later. Um, but yeah. I've learned that it's important to go with how you're made, how God made you. If you're very heavily left brain, don't feel bad about editing your work before you get going. Um, I find that what works for me is to is to try to, you know, shut off that editor a little bit so that I can write a rough draft of even just a chapter or a scene and then let myself edit that. And editing that scene helps me to get started for the next scene. It kind of satisfies that left brain editor so that mm-hmm. my right brain creative side can actually start to can flow. Yeah, and then what you'll find is that even though it may take you longer to write that first draft, the first draft will be much more polished, and you'll save yourself time in the next draft, whereas somebody who just writes from the seat of her pants will afterward then have a lot more editing to do than somebody who edited along the way. It's not that one way is right and the other way is wrong. It's whatever works best for you. Well, speaking of editing, proofreading, all that, let's talk about your book, Proofreading Secrets. Tell us how that book came about, Kathy, and what a person can find in it. Well, um, when I had been doing uh, freelance editing for a few years, I had an opportunity to work with um, Moody Press, and uh, which I was just so thrilled about being able to do. And um, they actually hired, at that time anyway, I don't know if they still do, but they hired five freelance proofreaders for every manuscript after it had been edited after it had been accepted by the acquisitions editors um, and edited by their in-house people, they hired five proofreaders just to catch typos, punctuation, grammar, spelling, that sort of thing. And I was originally hired as the fifth proofreader, and I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to find that four other professional proofreaders didn't match? Yeah. But I was surprised at how much I found. And, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, I don't think this comma belongs here, because then you would have five different people saying five different things about whether that comma should be there. Um, What I needed to do was look it up in the industry standard reference manual. First, I had to find out what those were. Um, and the industry standard dictionary, which I had to find out which one that was. Um, <laughs> actually, they told me which one. I didn't have to find it out on my own, but they told me which ones those were. And, but I had to look up every single thing I thought should be changed in either the um, Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary or in the Chicago Manual of Style. And in the margin, I had to write, this is you know, Merriam-Webster's page 137, or this mm-hmm. is Chicago Manual of Style rule number 6.68, um, to back up any change that I made. Wow. And mm. I found myself looking up the same rules and the same words repeatedly because they kept coming up. So I started a cheat sheet for myself. I said, okay, you know, here's the rule about comma before and in a series. It's, it's you know, Chicago Manual, this, you know, rule number this. And, and oh, here's a, a word that, you know, I, I wouldn't have thought to look up until I started to question whether that was right in the manuscript and actually had to look it up. And so I had my own little cheat sheet, and that cheat sheet got longer and longer the more I was doing proofreading. And finally and you said, hey, way, I have a book here. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and eventually I, I did make it to first proofreader for, for Moody, and then I started thinking, okay, how many things am I going to miss that other people are going to catch mm-hmm. after me? But, um, but yeah, I, and my cheat sheet got longer and longer, and I started sharing it with my writers, my writer friends and my editor friends, and they were, oh, this is just so valuable. And another thing I did was I, I would look at the Chicago Manual of Style, which is a 1,000-page hardback written by college professors, 
And even just finding what I needed to find was difficult sometimes. But even then when I found what I needed, I would read the description and read the examples and think, what are they trying to say here? And so I'd ask some fellow editors and fellow writers, and eventually I'd figure it out, and then I put it in layman's terms and said, you know, for myself, so that I would understand the rule. And a lot of my writer and editor friends were really liking my cheat sheets and saying, oh, this is so valuable. And and so I ended up turning it into a book. And when I did, by that time, I had connected with, through various Christian writers' conferences, I'd connected with a lot of best-selling authors and which was another thing I love about my job. Um, and, and so I asked them, I said, you know, what are your tips for proofreading your manuscript, just to find typos and inconsistencies and things like that. So I added that to the punctuation, usage, grammar, and spelling section from my cheat sheets, and uh, that became Proofreading Secrets of Best-Selling Authors. Hmm. We're going to... We're about ready to do our giveaway, are we not? Yeah. And when we come back oh. from the giveaway... Uh, Kathy, we will be talking about uh, some other folks, not necessarily just best-selling authors that can certainly get plenty of use out of your book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, Jimbo, spin that up. I think it's time for the giveaway here, isn't it? It's time for Let's Speak Literary Steal of the Week. The Steal of the Week. I was so curious how you said that you always use that, the steal of the week. You bet. <laughs> what are we stealing Today this week? Today we are stealing a copy of Kathy's Proofreading Secrets for Best-Selling Authors. I need I, I need that book. Even you though need I, that book? Even though it doesn't apply. <laughs> well, for me. You can, we have discussed this. I feel that you are fair game to register for the giveaway since we use random.org. Yes. <laughs> it is a random means of determining the winner, so we have not excluded any family members or anything except myself. I don't. Oh, you can't win? No, I go buy the book myself. How sad that must so. be for you. <laughs> I like to support the authors that come on the show, so fair is fair here. I mean, I want a free one. But let, let me tell our listeners how they go about entering the contest to win the book. I have a drawing on my website, which is com. Go to the Blog Talk Radio tab. Below that, you will see a page that says Giveaway in great big capital letters. All you have to do is leave a comment. Your comment can say, I want this book. Mm-hmm. You can say, I listened to the show. You can say, I didn't listen to the show, but I want the book anyway. Mm-hmm. You can say, I love free Entry stuff. Me. I like free stuff. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you say. Uh, just so that people are aware, however, the comment will not appear immediately because my website is set up in such a manner that I have to go in and approve that comment. So if you leave your comment and you don't see it there, don't panic. I receive an email when someone sends me a comment so just as soon as i can get to my computer or my phone i approve that comment so don't think that you've been ignored it'll get there yeah and this is a real this one's a real tool for writers absolutely you know uh, and well yes, and writers, of course editors talk about, yeah yeah we're yeah. going to talk about just exactly yeah. how helpful this can be to mm-hmm. to many different people also the contest or the drawing Contest entry mm-hmm. is open until Monday, the that'll be the 2nd of February at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So you've got a whole week. To it used to be midnight, and then you got tired. It used to be midnight, yeah. and then I, <laughs> man, here I am rushing in the morning to pick my winner and set up my new page. So I changed it to 8 p.m. Make sure you get on that, pattysheen.com, and sign up for that book. Yeah. And by the way, we also need to talk about your website, Kathy. Your website is com. Please be sure and check out Kathy's website. She's got some wonderful stuff over there as well. And we love to have our listeners connect. Mm -hmm. I can't talk Mm -hmm. this morning. Connect with our guests. Mm -hmm. So, Kathy, I I know I know your book says it's a proofreading secrets of best-selling authors, but I would like to also emphasize that suppose you really are not a best-selling author and you don't aspire to ever be a (laughs) best-selling author, but you'd like to maybe write something for your local newspaper or. You're interested in 
maybe doing a how-to book about some specialty that you have practiced all your life, or you even want to share family stories with loved ones through the, through a writing, and it may not even be something that's ever going to make it into book form. Sure, yeah. But just kind of a series of stories that you want to pass down to the next generation. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. So um, don't be intimidated they, by the best-selling author's title. Right. <laughs> well, the, the tips in the tips in the book are from best-selling, from best-selling authors, authors, but not necessarily, exactly. um, you know, only applicable for them. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, it's really more for that, people you know, who aren't uh, best-selling authors, whether whether they yeah. want to be or not. Um, and actually, at the first section in the book is a, it lists ten reasons it's important to proofread whatever you're writing. Um, And, you know, with a caveat, obviously you don't have to proofread your emails to your friends or your texts. And, Kathy, that's exactly what I do. Would you believe that? I do, too. I do, too. As a matter of fact, I I saw something recently that said, you know, you know you're a grammar geek if it takes you four times as long as anyone else to send a text because you have to proofread it, you know, multiple times. Yeah, um, I don't even yep, spell out charged. words when I text. <laughs> but um, but the the it is important, um, you know, whether you have your punctuation right and your spelling right, mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons, and and regardless of whether you intend to uh, strive for traditional publishing or if maybe you're going to self-publish your book for, um, you know, just a particular target audience, or even if you're just writing stories for family and friends, because um, as was pointed out earlier. The the whole, you know, let's eat grandma with or without a comma changes the meaning of the sentence. Um, And, you know, so you want to communicate clearly no matter who your audience is, even if it's just family and friends. You want to make sure that what you've communicated comes across the way you intended it. So uh, there are some great tips in there for, you know, finding typos, which, of course, you don't want no matter, you know, who your audience is. Um, but also for, you know, how to punctuate and, and, you know, how to, how to know what kinds of words you should be looking up, um, you know, to see how they're spelled, because a lot of words that are in this book are words that you think you know how to spell, um, backdoor, a while, you know, those are easy, easy little words. We're not talking about the big hard words, um, but are they one word or two words or hyphenated? Um, does it make a difference in what part of speech it is? Those kind of things are all, are all in there. So it, it's very helpful no matter what kind of writing you, you might want to do. And do you think, Kathy, in the years that you've been editing, have you seen changes in the language that have more or less become accepted? And the example that comes to mind right away is all right. All right yeah. is always two words, A-L-L space R-I-G-H-T. Mm-hmm. Now, a-L-R-I-G-H-T seems to be very widely accepted. What do you think about that? Have you noticed that? Oh, definitely. Um, there, there are a lot of words like that um, that Webster's will actually, you know, when they put out a new edition, um, and Chicago Manual does the same thing, um, it, when they put out a new edition, a lot of times they will include words that have been, in my opinion, and many others, misspelled, for such right. a long time and, and so often and, and so regularly that they adopt those words into um, into the dictionary. However, um, they're usually a, an alternate spelling, a secondary spelling, and the general rule of thumb is to always follow the primary spelling. So for most publishing houses, most traditional publishing houses still go with the A-L-L space R-I-G-H-T, um, but there are a few that have made their own house rule that says that A-L-R-I-G-H-T, one word, is acceptable as long okay. as you're consistent throughout. So um, personally, as a reader, I find that distracting. I do um, too. Because Kathy. I'm used to the old rule. Um, and you know, same thing goes with myriad. Myriad should be an, an adjective. There are myriad stars not a myriad mm-hmm. of stars, that's a noun. But yeah. Webster's has yeah. said that's been used that way for so long that they're now allowing it to be acceptable. But again, it depends on the publisher. If you're going for a traditional publishing house, some publishers will accept the non-traditional newer spelling and others won't. So in my opinion, it's always best to go with the traditional because then you won't um, affect your chances with a publisher, but you also won't distract a reader who's used to that old um originally correct spelling or usage. Something else that bothers me, and and I know even a lot of your big Christian houses accept this now, 
is the lack of capitalization of mm. pronouns for God. Right. It just bothers me. Mm. I do well, our and it bothers a lot at of our church people, and know, even the book that we take the prayers out of. Don't yeah. and I'm thinking, my goodness, you know. Yeah. Well, really you know, me. but but the of course the original, you know, scriptures didn't have capitalization. That was something that came oh, in, true. you know, as a, sure. an English um, mm-hmm. something that that we did, you know, years and years and years ago. And so there, there's arguments on both sides, and it can get pretty heated. Um, as a matter of fact, we had a heated discussion on my Christian pen loop <laughs> a few <laughs> years ago about it. Um, and it got to the point where we had to stop the conversation because people were getting nasty. Getting really but, yeah. irritated. You know, yeah. And, 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 you know, the, but... That is also, in my opinion, one of those things where some of your readers won't care. Some of your readers, your readers will feel very strongly one way or the other. Sure, and yeah. so I think it depends on your target audience. Um, if you're going for a younger audience, they're more used to seeing the lowercase. Um, it also depends on which version of Scripture you want to quote in your manuscript. If you're quoting from a version of Scripture that capitalizes deity pronouns, uh, it's a good idea for you to do that in the text just to look for so it looks consistent. Um, yes. Whereas if you're it's quoting from a version of Scripture that lowercases, yeah. it probably would be better to lowercase them yourself for the consistency sake. Yeah. I have to ask you one question, Kathy, just for fun. Sure. The the name of our show, as you know, is literally speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. We have heard yes. that the word literally is one of the most misused words in the English language. <laughs> and unfortunately, um, Webster's has picked that up too, and they actually added a secondary definition to literally that says that you, it's allowable to use it just for emphasis, and that just drives mean I don't like no, that. that would drive me nuts. Like no, no, I, I don't literally like don't like that. <laughs> I well, I literally don't like it either, but it doesn't literally make my heart jump out of my chest. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that came up with my son. I mean, it's the the, the younger generation especially uses oh, yes. that all the time. Yeah, it's they just do, I literally they and, do. <laughs> I always say, really? Literally, that's what happened. <laughs> Yeah, literally your eyes popped out of their sockets, huh? Okay, right, good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So we only have a few minutes left here. Yeah, I want to reemphasize to our listeners, please go to kathyeye.com. Mm-hmm. Be sure and check out Kathy's uh, uh, organizations. They're they're wonderful for, for writers and editors alike. Also, we encourage you to go to the giveaway page yes, over do there that. at pattysheen.com which is p-a-t-t-i-s-h-e-n-e for some reason my little logo thing isn't on the slideshow we have oh i don't maybe yeah that. we have to get it yeah. back we had a so couple anyway. pictures that wouldn't that, that got a little messed up in okay there. We well have anyway to get that it's, back it's on. kathy Ide is k-a-t-h-y-i-d-e.com patty sheen is p-a-t-t-i-s-h-e-n-e.com so we'd yeah. love to have you come visit our our websites and leave us a note. Let us know that you've been by. Yeah, it's been fa- it's been wonderful, it's Kathy. Been Thank wonderful you so much. Wonderful having you here, Kathy. I so enjoyed talking <laughs> with you. I could talk with you for hours and hours. <laughs> I know, and I have thoroughly enjoyed it too. And I want both of you to know that I'm going to be sending each of you a free copy of my book. Oh my oh gosh, my that's going to be goodness. fantastic! I got I, I got to put this in before you. I, I want to get this on the air because I was <laughs> I was getting ready to say I'm going to go buy one anyway, but, but but I'll take the free one. That's for sure. Because here's <laughs> what happens when Christine, my wife, and I go on long or trips when we're driving, say to Colorado Springs or something, Pueblo, an hour. We actually get on our phones and look up things that we don't know about grammar. Uh, <laughs> for you. Whomever. Whomever, whoever, all these, and we're just fast. If if we had a, a GoPro or a webcam in there, they think these are the two craziest people in the world because we're just fascinated by. Well, I didn't know that. Are you really? And we'll come up with a question. When, how do you use this, or when do you say that? So this is going to be fantastic. I can take this along with me on a, yes. on long drives and do a little trivia so quiz much, with your wife. Exactly. That that's what we'll do. So Kathy, thank you so much. This is just it's been a Kathy, pleasure. Thank sure you both you too. taking the time to, to come to the show. All right, God bless. God bless you. God bless you too. We're out of time. Yes, we are out of time. Do we I still love, have another few seconds? We've got a minute. I, I would like 30. to 
I would like to encourage our readers, as I always do, to let your hearts be open to what God is telling you through your imagination and act upon it. Also, a little quick little preview yep, of next, next week. week. We yes. always want to know what's going on next week. Yes. And next week we have Sarah Guff. Sarah uh-huh. founded the global educational charity Lift the Lid Incorporated in 2010. This Charity supports underprivileged schools and encourages young people to exercise their creative expression through writing. And I think she's going to be a fascinating guest. Is, is this and the, the exciting thing about Sarah is that she lives in England. I think that is so neat. She and, lives in London. And before we go, we want to encourage everybody who's listening to be on the lookout this week for the video promo for next week's yes, show. Definitely. This is going to be a first one for you. Yes. I'm looking we'll forward to it. See how it comes I'm out. Looking we forward to not it. to air it. <laughs> so check out your Facebook. Check out uh, pattysheen.com. Anything else you want to add? Well, I just want to say it's been a pleasure to be here like it always is. <laughs> it's good. I wish it's, I could meet some of our listeners. Yes, it, yes. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastic. So listen, next Tuesday, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Next Tuesday, we'll so, be right back here on Lit Speak on Blog Talk Radio. Hope you'll join us again. God bless. God bless, and thanks for listening. There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning. Some dark and cold There is a spirit Who brings a fire Ignites a candle And makes his own So carry your candle Run to the darkness Seek out the Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.